0: I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Genesis. We're journeying through the book of Genesis on Sundays, and uh, we're coming to the 14th chapter of the book of Genesis. And so I encourage you to take your Bibles and turn to the 14th chapter, and uh, we're going to turn to a uh, rather an unusual passage of Scripture as we uh, study god's word this morning, I'm going to do something today that uh, church consultants and gurus tells pastors never to do, and that is to preach on money. <laughs> they say that if you want to keep a congregation, you never are to preach on money because that will run people away quicker than anything that you can possibly do. So I'm going against that time. Uh, I heard about uh, this young uh, rookie policeman. And uh, he was uh, being questioned and uh, instructed by one of his instructors. And they said, what would you do to uh, disperse a uh, large crowd? He said, I'd take up an offering. (laughs) Well... (laughs) That might happen sometimes. I had one of my church members tell me one time, says, Pastor, I I was inviting someone to our church, and we were talking and said that, uh, you know, my pastor never preaches on, on giving, never preaches on money. And so they, they came that Sunday, and guess what? I preached on tithing that Sunday. So it, it does seem that there are a reluctancy for preaching on money, preaching on tithing. I uh, I preach on tithing for two reasons. I don't preach on it very often, but when I do preach on it, I, I preach for two reasons. Number one, I believe that if I did not, I would cheat you from trying to help you to develop and to mature as a Christian. One of the greatest ways to begin to mature and to grow in your Christian life is to learn the responsibility as a believer to tithe. But secondly, I preach because I believe that God's called me to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God. And that to not do that, I would not be faithful to... What God has called me to do. You know, I um, I remember one time as I was studying the Scriptures that it was amazing to me to find out that uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that one out of every six verses deals with money. It amazes me to find out of the 29 different parables that the Lord Jesus talked about, 16 of those parables dealt with money. Then it amazed me to find out that Jesus talked more about money than he did about heaven and hell put together. And so, not to address it is not to address what the Word of God says. Did you know there's over 500 verses of Scripture that the Bible speaks about faith? But there's over 2,000 verses of Scriptures that speaks about money and money management. God has a lot to say about money. And you know the reason why He has a lot to say about money? Because money says a lot about us. It says a lot about your faith. I've always said that you can gauge someone spiritually, a church as well as an individual, by their giving. And so, we come into the 14th chapter of the book of Genesis. And right there in the 14th chapter of the book of Genesis, we find a story that God has placed in His Scripture where Abraham gave a tithe. Let's look at this passage of Scripture. With your Bibles open on the 14th chapter, we're just going to start at verse 18 instead of verse 14. Stand with me in reading of God's Word. Look what the Bible says in verse 18. We'll look at uh, this whole entire passage of Scripture today, but I want you to notice what he says when it says in verse 18, Then Mel. Chesedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High. Most of God, or the priest of God of Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, And blessed be God, Most High, who hath delivered your enemies into your hand. Now notice this. And he gave him a tithe. But don't finish. I mean, don't stop there. He gave him a tithe of all. What a tremendous stake. So what I want us to do when it comes to the tithe, there are several questions you need to ask. Why should I tithe? What should I tithe? Where should I tithe? How do I go about doing that? And I want to address that this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your precious word. Your word speaks louder than we could ever imagine as we open it. Because, Lord, your word tells us it's like a two-edged sword. It pierces, it cuts, it penetrates. And, Father, no doubt you do that in our life to help grow us and to mature us and to develop us to become the child of God that you want us to become. So, Father, help us to have teachable spirits. Help us to hear and not only be hearers of the Word, but to be doers and to be obedient of the precious Word of God. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you so much. Would you be seated? I thought it was interesting that Jimmy Carter, the former president of the uh, United States, he said something one time that I thought was interesting. He said, when it comes to giving, some people stop at nothing. And that is almost true, is it not? I recently read from a medical magazine, to my surprise, from the University of uh, Louisville. And they found that 13% of all coins and 42% of all paper money carry disease-producing organisms. So did you know your money is hazards to your health? (laughs) And then they went on in that article and they said this, that 97% of all paper money in the United States contains traces of cocaine. So you need to get rid of it before you get busted. (laughs) So interesting. Let's go back to the scriptures for a few moments. I want to share with you three simple truths about this thing called tithing. Now, I want you to listen to me. I don't want you to turn a deaf ear to me. Because I believe God has a word in store for us today. If you ever will grow to become a mature Christian, you're going to need to learn this thing about tithing. Very important in the life of a believer. It was important in the life of Abraham. First time ever recorded in the scriptures that anyone ever tithe off of his possessions was found in the 14th chapter of the book of Genesis. Three things I want you to notice. First of all, the amount that is exemplified. What should we give? And why should we give? Well, the Bible says that what we should give is a tithe. The very first mentioning of the tithe is mentioning here in this passage of Scripture. Now, you'll notice two things about this. Notice about what Abraham gained. In verse 16, it talks about the story of his of his uh, nephew Lot. Lot had been seized and been captured by some foreign kings. And so Abraham goes like a rescue mission. And he goes to retrieve Lot. Remember Lot was his nephew? We talked about Abraham and Lot last week. And so Abraham he gains his forces or he gathers his forces and there they go and they begin on a rescue mission to retrieve his nephew Lot. So he won the battle. Back in those particular days that when you the, win the battle, you also win the bounty. That all of those king's possessions become your possessions Abraham was already a very wealthy individual. But he gained even more wealth. God blessed him. God honored him. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 14, verse 6, look at that. It says, and so he brought back all the goods... And also, all brought back his brother Lot and his goods, as well as the women and the people. Abraham gained a lot. So, what did Abraham do? Not only did you recognize, notice what Abraham gained, but you also notice what Abraham gave. The Bible says there in verse 20, look what he says. There in verse 20, which I thought was interesting. He says, And blessed be God, most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave a tithe. A tithe of all. Whenever someone comes into a sum of the money, you can look around, there's a preacher just coming close by. And that's exactly what happened. Here was a king or a priest by a man by the name of Melchizedek. You you find him once again in the book of Hebrews as the writer of Hebrews talks about Melchizedek. He was the king of Salem, but he was a priest of the Most High. He was a representative of God. And he comes to Abraham. And there you'll notice in verse 18 of how Melchizedek, the priest, begins to minister to Abraham. The Bible talks about that he brings bread and wine to Abraham. Verse 19, it talks about of how he bestowed upon him a priestly prayer. And God's blessings upon him. And then in verse 20, the Bible says that Abraham in return gave a tithe unto this man. Who represented God. Who represented God's appearance and fashion. I heard a story one time there was a community chairman who was taking up uh, a collection for the needs of the community. And there was this miser that lived in that community and he went before that miser and he said, we have noticed in our records that you've never given to the community charity. Well, immediately that miser stood back and he says, Well, does your records also show that I have an early mother that when my father died left her penniless? Does your records show that I have a disabled brother who is not able to work? Does your records show that I have a sister that is a widow and have children and she can barely meet her needs. And well, immediately, the chairman of the community uh, of that, uh, that uh, particular uh, giving saying, no, I did not know that. He said, well, I don't give anything to them and neither am I going to give anything to you, neither. That's the attitude of a lot of people. Friend, I want you to understand that the Bible is very specific and it has given us a command that placed upon you and upon me that I am to give a tenth, at least a tenth, of my income unto the Lord. Now, is there anyone in this church... could not stand and say, God has blessed me mightily. Every good and perfect gift comes from where? Above. God has given us, He's given us the fresh air to breathe. He has given us a body to express ourselves through work and through joy, and through families, and through relationships. He's blessed us. So the amount that is exemplified. But let's go a step further. I want you to also also notice the amount that is established. There is the example that I think that once was established in Genesis chapter 14. The Bible says Abraham gave a tithe. And later on, we find that God established this amount as the standard of a measurement of giving. Immediately, we begin to look at the requirement of the tithe. In Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, the Bible says that, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Moses was telling his people that as you go and there, as you begin to reap your harvest, that your harvest is your bounty, your harvest is your salary. And that you are to recognize that the first fruits of that harvest is of the Lord's. And that you are to give to the Lord. And so therefore, he brings that as a standard. In Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 1, it says, These are the statues and the judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land. He gives five statues. And as immediately as you go down to verse 6, you'll notice that one of those statues, it says, there you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, and your tithes. That you're to bring this before the Lord. Your harvest. Your giving. Now, when it came to the standard of of uh, the Bible, it's immediately recognized that 10% of my first fruit is to be given to the Lord. Now, in light of those statistics that I think about what is so rampant among churches today, you don't find that the majority of people give 10%. Sad to say... You find them giving far, far less than that. Ron Blue, a Christian counselor, he says the average person in the United States gives 1.7% of his or her income to a charity annually. Now that kind of surprises me, but what really surprises me is the next statement he makes the average Christian gives approximately 2.5%. That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe that a man of God, a woman of God who loves the Lord with all their heart, who have been born into the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ by the blood of their Calvary, Bought with the price that I would not be willing to give more than a 2.5% of my income? It's hard to understand. Lloyd Barry, Lord Berry writing the letting the church or getting the church on target found a similar trend. He says the average church member contributes between 1.5 and 2.5 of the income specifically to the Lord's work. Interesting. And you know what I've also found that's interesting? That it's not always the wealthiest that gives the most. In fact, the poorest usually gives more than the wealthy. That's amazing to find that out. Surveys have found that the poorest household may give up as much as 5.5% of their income to the Lord, while the wealthiest will give the most at 2.9%. U.S. News and World Report stated that the age group of 65 and between 65 and 74 gave the highest percent of their income, which is 5.5%. The lowest age was 18 to 24 gave 1.2%. Regardless of the amount, I think it's interesting, big or small, the tithe reaches to us as a standard For each and every one of us. Surveys show, regardless of the church, majority of Christians don't tithe. That's hard to believe. That's hard to believe. Now, you're saying, Pastor, you must have been checking uh, the tithing records. I never do that. I never, never do that. See, when I preach on tithing, I want to be able to look at every one of you in the face. Eyeball to eyeball. And so I don't consider it's my business to go and check your tithing record. That's between you and the Lord. And so therefore, when I stand and I preach, I have a shotgun effect, my friend. I'm reaching all. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, very plainly and simple says, bring you all the tithes, where? Storehouse. So he tells us where. That it should be brought into the church. You say, well, I give my tithes to uh, some other charity. Well, my friend, that's not what the Bible talks about. You can give your gifts to the charity, but your first 10%, my friend, should come to the local church. Very clear. Now, I'm just going to be honest and be kind of transparent with you this morning. I'm not mad and I'm not angry or anything like that. But I tell you what, it kind of takes me back. When we have a snow day, And it's almost as if we don't even have an offering that Sunday. Because you never you never recover from that offering. One of the hardest decisions I have, and I don't understand why the Lord ever allows it to snow on Saturday night, but it seems like it always snows on Saturday nights. And one of the most difficult decisions of mine is to counsel the service on Sunday morning. I'd rather do anything than to counsel a service on Sunday morning. But I know we have a lot of elderly people. And I don't want to put anybody at the risk of possibly getting hurt. And that's the reason we do that. But I have faith in my congregation that when it comes to following Sunday, they're going to make up their tithes. But some people have the idea of thinking that if I don't go to church, I don't have to give my tithes that Sunday. Nothing could be further from the truth. You're responsible to bring your tithes and your offerings, whether you're at church that Sunday or whether you're not at church that Sunday. Now, if that upsets you, you come to me after service and you apologize, I'll forgive you. But look with me the second thing, not only the requirement of the tithe, but also the reason for the tithe. Listen what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 18, verse 21. It says, "Behold, I've given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the work which they perform, and the work of the tabernacle of meeting." In other words, all the tribes of Israel were assigned a portion of land. As you go back and study the scriptures, all the tribes were given a portion of land with the exception of the tribe of Levi. Levi was a priestly tribe. Levi was the caretakers of the tabernacle. And God gave each tribe a section of land to provide for them as well as to tithe off of that land to provide for the tabernacle. I'm reminded the Bible says in the book of Malachi, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse so that there might be meat in my house. In other words, the storehouse, which is the church. It gives us a place of realizing and re- realizing that the church has a responsibility. And I remind you that the church ties all for your ties. We give 11.5% of every dollar that comes into this church straight to missions, not counting other mission efforts. That's why we do not call our church budget a budget. We call it an investment. And that's exactly what it's all about when you give. You're investing in the work of God's mighty kingdom. That's what it's about. But thirdly, not only do I want you to notice the amount that is established, but also the amount that was elevated now, I know and I've heard this complaint so many times that every time that some preacher or somebody will talk about that a tithe is required of the New Testament church, they will come back and say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was under the law. And we are no longer under the law. Well, I remind you the law has not been given at this particular time, when Abraham gave his tithe. He gave the tithe before the law. And it was commanded under the law. And it is continued after the law. My friend, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. Listen to these words. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must all, do, must do also on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him. As God has prospered him. I heard a, uh, or read about in a church paper, that there was a church in Oklahoma, and they got up one Sunday morning and they said, listen, we believe that if you'll tithe, that God will bless you. And if you'll promise to tithe and be faithful in your tithe, at the end of the year, if God has not blessed you, you come back and we will pay you everything that you have given. I thought, wow. So, I thought I'd do the same thing. If you promise to tithe, and at the end of the year, God hadn't blessed you, there's a church in Oklahoma said that they will return your money to you. (laughs) But I truly believe. God will bless you. And I not only believe it, I know it because He has done it in my life. First of all, I want you to notice as you think about this, that it's a personal matter. Look what He says. Let every one of you, just as giving in the Old Testament included every Jew, giving in the New Testament includes every believer. The, very, the message is very simple. Everyone. I don't care what your occupation. I don't care what you make. I don't care how much you make. Everyone. The Bible says is required. First, our 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. It says, but this I say, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparing. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Oh, how true. true. That is as the scripture teaches. Secondly, giving is to be a proportionate matter. There in the second verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 16 says, as God has prospered. As God has prospered him. In other words, that word, as prospered him, literally means as on a journey. A good journey. In other words, as you journey through life, you begin to recognize the blessings that God has given to you over and over and over and over again. The Bible says we're to give a proportion of our means to the Lord. If you've had a good journey, you should. And the Bible teaches and commands that we're to give 10%. Now, if a Jew under the law, was willing to give 10%, and many of them gave 20 and 30%, how much more should a Christian under grace should give? The tithe is a yardstick. It's simply a yardstick. You say, Pastor, I can't afford to tithe. You don't understand of my situation. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. A lot of times we put ourselves into situations that keeps us from tithing. And it's called financial bondage. A lot of times we go and we purchase things and we take on responsibilities that we really cannot afford. And the next thing you know, there's not much left at the end of the month. And so when it comes to tithing, you don't have anything to give. That's why the Bible talks about that the first fruit. In other words, before you start paying other responsibilities, you have a responsibility with the Lord. You're saying, Pastor, I want to tithe, but I don't know... You just don't understand my situation. Well, why don't you start out in small steps? Why don't you just start out saying, Well, I will give at least $10. Or I'll give $20. And I am going to be consistent about that and continue to try to grow that type of giving. You're saying, Pastor, all you're trying to do is just bring more money in this church. That's not it. See, this is God's church. He's going to take care of His church. Whether you give or whether you don't give, that's not the issue, my friend. The issue is obedience. That's what it's all about. Peter Marshall said something that I thought was so interesting. He says, give according to your income, lest God make your income according to your giving. Boy, that's something. What should a Christian do? He should tithe. He should be faithful. Malachi chapter 3, and I've referred to those scriptures, but I want to refer to them once again. Verses 8, 9, and 10. Listen to what it says. Will a man rob God? Would you believe somebody would do that? I remember one time during vacation Bible school, there was someone that, uh, and it wasn't in this church, it was uh, at, at my former church. We had taken up an offering among the, ki- among the children, and it was going toward missions. And uh, unfortunately, when they took up the offering, they had put it to a side there on the table. instead of going and locking it up and counting it immediately like they should have. Somebody came by and stole all that money. How, how, how sad. How sad that somebody would, would attempt to do something like that. They took the money of those precious little children that they had given toward missions during vacation Bible school. Who would have ever thought? Of such a thing like that. But yet the Bible says. That if I don't tithe. The Bible says. I become a robber. He says you have robbed me. You say in what way have we robbed you? In tithes. And offerings. And then he says something. That scares me to death. You're cursed with a curse. You're cursed with a curse. Some people wonder why they can never get out of financial bondage. Some people wonder why the car constantly breaks, the washing machine always fails, something always happens. Could it possibly be? You've been cursed. Because you have not been faithful in your giving? The Bible says, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Sad to say. Heard about a guy one time. He and his wife were married, and when they got married, she had this uh, pet cat. And, uh, oh, she loved that cat. But the guy didn't like the cat. And the cat didn't like him. And they were always coming in confrontation. And um, one particular day, the wife was gone. She had gone shopping or something. And he and that cat had this major confrontation. He says, I'm going to get rid of this cat once and for all. He goes and he ships that cat to Africa. She comes home, she cannot find her cat. She's all upset, and he's starting to feel bad. And he says, uh, well, honey, I we want to make sure that she would never suspect him. He says, honey, he said, I'll tell you what I'll, I'll do. I'm going to put a reward out for that cat. We're going to find that cat. And so he, big ad in the paper that I'm going to give $5,000 for that cat Reward. Well, his neighbor came by the next day and he says are you crazy you didn't like that cat how in the world could you give five thousand dollars for a reward for that cat the guy kind of snickered and he says well when you know what I know you can afford to be generous <laughs> well my friend When you know what I know, through the Word of God, you can afford to be generous. God is generous with you with His blessings. And God is generous with you with His grace and with His mercy. He loves you far more than you could ever imagine. how much do you love him back? The Bible says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I believe one of the best ways of expression of love is when that offering plate goes by, that you exercise your faithfulness. You exercise discipline. You exercise your expression of worship and love and obedience as you place that offering in the offering plate. It's tax time, is it not? good way to measure how faithful you are is that when you begin to Look at your income, and then look at your giving. Does it amount to the 10%? All the thing I'm asking you to do today is to be faithful, to, to continue to grow, and to mature in the likeness of the Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your precious word. And Lord, sometimes we will find ourselves making excuses for not obeying your word. And yet, Lord, when we really realize it, those excuses begin to fall by the wayside. You've called us to be men and women of your word and to be faithful of your will and your way. Lord, I do realize that the greatest thing that someone could ever do is to give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I might be talking to someone here today, and I'm not talking to them about tithing because, Lord, you never asked the lost man to tithe, but you've asked him to surrender his life to you. And Lord, that's my prayer today, that if there's someone here today that's never surrendered their life, Lord, that today would be a day that they would openly... And freely give their life to you. But I'm also asking our people to be faithful. Be challenged by the message. Be challenged by your word. To be instructed. And to go and do likewise. So Lord, I pray that throughout this building there will be people saying, God, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I, by your grace, I'm going to do it. And I just ask for your help and your wisdom and the ability to do what you've called me to do. By that, Lord, you will open the windows of heaven. You've promised it, that you would bless them Beyond measure. That is our prayer today. In Jesus name.